Hi, and welcome to another edition of Drag Hags, where three ladies of a certain age discuss RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10. This week we will be talking about episode number four, which is the last ball on Earth. This is Jan. And Ren. And Nancy. So uh, we're on week four, and it starts out because uh, Yua has left. And somehow Monique has a never-ending supply of sponges because everybody's talking about what's going on after you had left. And I don't know where Monet is getting all these sponges, but I swear she's just like pulling them out of thin air. They're everywhere. I, I think she hid them away like when she was working on her dress just because she knew she wanted to turn it into a meme or something. Yeah, and it has. It's work. It's it's no vanity, but... It's no vanity. <laughs> no, but it's still good. It's still good. Forever there will be sponges. And then we had some uh, problems between Monique and Mayhem because Monique was paranoid and was starting with Mayhem about being thrown under the bus. And I think Eureka was sort of kind of playing shit stirrer here again because they were talking about what was going on was on stage and then of course then vixen had to put in her two words in about everything of course she did because she's the vixen i'm so fucking tired of drama but i do empathize with mayhem because like when i find that people are talking over me i will like just shut down rather than you know try to argue and insert myself into the situation and i can see a lot of that coming up yeah i i do too i mean it, it makes me sad because like we've said before mayhem's you know drag sisters are people like detox and a couple of really like fierce strong queens and you think she'd know how to handle that but i think she just steps back and kind of you know lets them yeah. take over which i get too because yeah I, I i if there's too much drama and there's too much crap going on i just like walk away from it all um, and then Monique's, I put down a note here that Monique's con um, confessionals, which I can't even remember right now, pretty funny. Um, so then we went to our mini challenge. Photobombing. And we got a little bit of a PSA about global warming from Rue. Apparently this season we've suddenly got all sorts of social justice and environmental justice causes being brought up more so than the past, which is good. Maybe it's because VH1, she's got a bigger platform to, to speak about these things. So we had the photobombing. And uh, we had Cracker photobombing Venus Williams. Monique. Which I thought was funny. Yeah, I thought uh, Cracker was real good. You know, she did a lot of cute things, including pulling the, the square headpiece off and holding it over her head like uh, Venus's trophy. Then we had Moeke and the Jonas Brothers. Meh. Yeah. 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 Not a photobomb. Like, you can't photobomb if you're right in the middle of the fucking picture in front. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a problem with most of these uh, photobombs is that they were in front. Or they were, right. or they were interacting with, you know, the actual, you know, pe people pictured. And that's like, that's not a photo bomb. That's a photo op. Next we had Eureka and Uri Rihanna. And it was the same thing because she was like peeking up her skirt and stuff. So not really photo bomb. Asia and Prince William and Duchess Kate on the balcony. Same thing. She was actually with them on the balcony. It wasn't like yeah. was getting caught there uh, by surprise. Uh, Mayhem and Taylor Swift. I don't remember that one at all. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't either. For some reason, I think I remember her staring... For some reason, I remember Mayhem standing in the exact same position as Taylor, like she was. Kind of was she hold, was she almost like flashing? Was that the one where? Yeah, I think so. Was, like holding her coat open. Yeah. Okay. And we had Dusty Ray and Oprah, and again, I don't remember what was going on there. Oh, she was popping up all over, like behind Oprah's shoulder. So technically, that was a photo bomb. Okay. She did better for photo bombing. Yeah, and um, then we had Blair and Beyonce, and again, I, I don't remember what was going on there. It's terrible. Monet and Mariah Carey. Cameron and the Trumps, which I actually thought was pretty good. That one was actually... That was a good protest. Um, Vixen and Grumpy Cat, which was meh. I, I'm just... Like, it felt so weird, like, pulling out Grumpy Cat now. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a really dated reference. Yeah, everyone's in a while, like, gives, you know, pop culture things that are, like, 
Yeah. Like three years old and nobody cares anymore. And finally, we had Aquaria with uh, Kanye and Kim Kardashian. Where was it, that was where she was cleaning up the dog poop. I, I, I got the impression she was actually cleaning up Kim, Kim poop. poop. Yeah. I thought it was actually rather clever. I mean, I hate giving Aquaria credit for anything. But... And, and, and Aquaria did actually win. I don't know. I just thought a couple of the other ones were funnier. But yeah, I guess Aquaria... You know, maybe it was a deserved win. And of course, Monique was salty because Monique thought that she should have won again. But she had a good nickname for, for Aquaria, which yes, is Aquafina, Aquafina. Which, which fits. Aquafina, which I had actually seen several times before. It's uh, used in one of the Facebook groups that we're in all the time. Yeah, so I was just so happy it was canon. Yeah, I was just wondering whether it got, you know, that was what she's been called on the club scene and it kind of like worked its way into public before it got onto TV. But yes, that, that worked. And also, I, I find Aquafina is like a really kind of gross water, so... It's disgusting. It fits. Uh, so then we had the Maxi Challenge, was, which was three lurks, um, a.k.a. looks, and it was... Um, that. So every queen had to do three looks on the runway, uh, one being the uh, Alaskan... Alaskan Winter Realness, which was a bikini look. Right. And they did Miami Summer Realness, which was their... Winter. Uh, their, their fur you know, snow look. And the last ball on Mars. Last ball on Mars. Yeah, the yeah. Martian Alexandra Extravaganza. Aquaria then immediately went on about how she was the look queen and blah, blah. I mean, I literally have on my notes here, Aquaria, blah, 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 blah. Which is, at some point she turns into like the grown-ups from the Peanuts cartoons because I, I can't even with her. And, and how awesome and how great and how fabulous she is. I mean, she is known for looks. Eh. Yeah. I get yeah. I mean, because that's what that's all you do. Yep. <laughs> so I, one thing I was really happy about was we actually saw the workroom and we actually saw queens working and doing stuff. Yeah, though, I mean, I felt we didn't get a lot of it. it I think that's just because the runway took so long. Yeah. We had 33 looks. This is really, really early to get a ball. Yeah. And, and to have such an intent. Usually it's like one look or two look. I'm not sure if we ever had three looks in the same uh, runway before. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Yeah. 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 But usually it's been with like, you know, four queens or five queens. It's always yeah. been towards yeah. the end. Yes, and not 11. So <laughs> it took a long time. But um, the first thing we saw is that Monet grabbed um, some red pleather or plastic quilted fabric. And, of course, Asia was freaking out because of the way Monet was treating the fabric and didn't seem to know how to work with it. See, I just love that because... You know, brought up the costume in me because when I saw Monet doing what she was doing with it, it was like, no, no, don't. And then Asia agreed. I'm like, oh, yes, yes. Well, Asia definitely knows her fabric. She does. She was, she was not a happy camper. Um, and, and we saw that Cameron was very crafty because she was starting to work on all sorts of complicated headpieces and neck pieces and some funky stuff. And then Cracker was talking about her dad's philosophy. Uh, you know, when you just when you win once, you can't just like skate on that you've got to like you know impress them again because otherwise they're going to think that the, the thing you won wasn't worth it or you were that sounded terrible yeah i, I i'm gonna be like throwing some like culture stuff here i mean because cracker's like very like as this show is going on cracker is like very very new york jew and that i think is like the dad's philosophy reminds me of my dad and like other people in my family i think that's a very like Jewish thing like don't ever be proud of yourself you can always push yourself and do better it's not a good thing uh, but it's yeah I, I mean as we hear in the next episode Cracker basically saying that Cracker never believes in herself she doesn't love herself and it's like hmm I, I wonder why if you're constantly told 
Well, Ian, what are you going to do next? Right. And like I said, I, I can so relate to that because I think I think that is a cultural thing. Because when Cracker was talking about that, I'm like, oh, Cracker's basically me, only, you know, actually successful. So, yeah, I it, it broke my heart. But Cracker's right in a way, too, because if you rest on your laurels and you don't try to push yourself, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, and then we had a lot of vanging in the room again. Funny that, you know, obviously what has turned into a worldwide global phenomenon meme was going on the whole season in the show too and they didn't even know how big it was going to get i'm wondering if the editors have added more of the banshees in after like it memed out yeah it's possible like oh my god we've got to edit more banshees in there quick somebody get the banshee footage you know i'm kind of over it already but it's making them happy and it's really making rue happy it's like that's apparently just say that that'll trigger her into like an entire fit of giggles and then we saw that asia was helping people right left and center and playing mom um, everybody referred to her as being the Black Martha Stewart. The Blartha. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, it was admirable. And, you know, as we find out later, Asia talks about her family and why she's so, like, gentle. But, but we know it's not RuPaul's best friend race. Right, exactly. Like, she, like, it's nice to help people, but it's a competition where there's $100,000 on the line. Take care of yourself. And I think that's, like, the whole mission statement of this episode so yeah because if you you she was i mean asia was being wonderful but at the same time she was hurting herself because she wasn't putting in the time and energy she needed for herself and was basically dropping everything to go fix it for everybody else which is detrimental in, in life it's detrimental if yeah like i mean everybody else can ask but you, you are free to say i have to finish this up because she hadn't finished her um her bathing suit like she admitted that she wanted to do more with it and she came with unfinished costumes that she was trying to finish there so it was she was kind of handicapped to begin with because i think everybody else was taking from their own stuff already stuff that was already finished while she had two unfinished things and then had to create an entire new thing so that's a lot to fail yeah and and you know you can only go so far with being selfless um, especially in something like this where it's a competition. You have to be selfish occasionally and put your foot down and say, no, I can't. I've got to do for me first. So, But we're, we saw it starting in the workroom here, uh, and it's only going to get worse within this episode. And then we yeah. more monologuing from Aquaria, which I just, my notes say again, blah, blah, blah. But then Aquaria said, I'm like Gandhi. Uh, I think it was a Buffy joke. <laughs> well, I mean, I also noticed that Aquaria really neatly sidestep that actually having to fucking sew just by gluing things to her body yeah i mean we'll get to that but i have a lot of issue with aquaria this week yeah because she was cutting out the lightning bolt and you know something about i'm ridding myself of all colors which was like uh, for a ball really unless it's like monochrome ball why are you doing this so and then blair actually threw shade and rightly so about you know aquaria just gluing stuff to her bra I thought it was Cracker. Okay, yeah, sorry, Cracker said that, but Blair actually threw shade in there, too. I have to... Cracker said Aquarius is going to glue something to her bra, yeah, which is basically what she did. But Aquarius, like, sense of her abilities and her artistic merit is a little much at times. Well, I mean, spoiler, spoiler, it works out in her favor today. Yeah, which, again, we'll we'll get in more into that, but that really does not sit well with me, because I also feel like she really hit the mark, but... Uh, well, we had Rue come into the workroom to actually talk to the queens while we were working on stuff, and uh, she talked to Asia. 
about the O'Hara family, and I noticed somebody was not mentioned. Yeah, I noticed that too, because I put that, I made a note there, um, because Fifi is actually Asia's drag daughter, and apparently, I don't know whether it's just that she didn't want to talk about Fifi on Drag Race because of all the connotations, or whether she's just not happy with Fifi in general, so, but yes. Uh, and uh, interestingly that Eureka is not related, and I've noticed that at least recently Eureka has just been calling herself Eureka, not Eureka O'Hara. Um, and stuff. So I don't know whether she uses both names or whether she's just kind of doing the one name thing now because she's not related to the other O'Hara's. Uh, mm -hmm. And Asia also mentioned she talked about the fact that she had worked. She she makes costumes for a lot of people, including Kennedy and Alyssa, and people like Gladys Knight. She finished something for Dolly Parton, um, and then she makes things for ballroom dancers and ice skaters and dance teams, which is pretty damn impressive. Uh, yeah. And she's a full time costumer or you know seamstress couture, whatever she calls herself, as well as being a full-time drag queen. So that's impressive. And then Rue went and talked to Aquaria, and uh, they discussed the fact that, uh, you know, Aquaria's up and coming, or the fact that she's so known on the New York uh, club scene. And Aquaria said, the nightlife is more of my passion than being in design school, which was like, whatever. Yeah, it's like, okay, you're doing all the, been known in clubs for years, but you're just 21, so you've been working illegally for years. Okay. You know. Yeah, yep. She's been underage in New York clubs. I mean, in, in New York clubs, at least some of them, you can be 18 without drinking. I mean, you get like a, a wristband or something. You can go, because part of that, I think, is because years ago, when I was growing up, the drinking age was 18. So you had people that were still wanting to go to the clubs. But it was like 18 to get in, 21 to drink. So it's possible but it sounds like she was going there even before she was 18. Well, she's been working as a drag queen since she was 15. Right. So. Yeah, that, that would kind of preclude that. And she said, yeah, well, you know, we worked around things. I'm like, yeah, you were basically illegal and nobody clocked you on it. So, well, gee. Uh, and then she came up with a slogan about uh, reading in looks and she, yet she couldn't repeat it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Some girls choose to read books. I choose to turn looks. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. That's good for you. <laughs> That's nice. Alrighty then. Like, yeah, if you're gonna come up with a slogan, at least stick to it and know how to say it. Some of us can do both. <laughs> <laughs> some of us try for looks, but we read an awful lot of books, and some of us even write them. So yeah, Aquaria was basically showing herself to be a pretentious little twit again. Then Vixen was working on her Mars thing, which I thought looked cheap, but her story was kind of sad. You know, she was giving her background and stuff, and how she's known as a fire starter, and how influential she is on the Chicago scene, and. You know, she's doing all this stuff and she was showing like uh, her photos uh, from some of the shows she does in Chicago, which I think is cool from a political, the fact that she does shows with messages. But the stuff that they showed her wearing didn't look that impressive to me either. But here's the thing. A lot of people do shows with messages. Yeah. Like, I'm actually pretty sure most queens these days are probably doing shows with messages. Yeah. Well, it's, it's become more of a, an activist thing as well as an art form, which is great. But yeah. seems to think she invented it and she's the only one. And not being part of the Chicago scene, I wouldn't know how influential she actually is. But it seemed like she was patting herself way too much there. I don't know. It, it's more, more Vixen being Vixen. Uh, then we went to Blair, uh, talking to Rue again. And, I mean, Blair said the magic words uh, about her aesthetic, which is 60s mod glam. So <laughs> I perked up. Me too. And I think that, I mean, Blair is young, but for some reason Blair doesn't come off the way Aquaria does in terms of ego and whatever. Blair seems to be much more low-keyed and much more just kind of doing her thing. And, and grounded in a way. Yeah. I'm surprised Blair hasn't been eaten alive yet. 
because Blair's just so sweet. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. a little bit is knowing that Blair actually has, you know, a DWI, and I think there, there may be more than one of those in, in her past. Obviously, there's issues that she has to work out, but it doesn't come out in the, in the broad dynamics of things. Which is good. She is very sweet, but I think she's got like more steel, maybe because she is grounded. I mean, she she's not like an in-your-face queen, but I think she's she's more she's stronger than maybe people think. They look at her and they want to write her off as oh twink, but she's you know we're we're into you know the middle of the competition. She's still holding her own, so mm-hmm. we'll see how far she goes. But I yeah. I really like her, and I also I I follow her on social media, and she's very very good with her fans. I mean, she just posted like a zillion pieces of fan art the other day. And she seems awesome. a good-hearted queen. Then we went to Monet, um, and Rue ra- raised the issue of Monet's wigs, which I guess uh, she was kind of getting teased about earlier. Oh, yeah. Rue is pretty shady. Yep. And we'll see how Monet does with wigs later on. But, uh, you know, Rue was trying to push her to get past the pussycat wig thing and the flat wigs, which, I mean, look really good on her. But yeah, They do, but, yeah. But if Rue says something, then you... And move on from the pussycat wings. So then we got to Elimination Day, and Monique was freaking out because she couldn't get her sewing machine to work. And this time Blair helped her out. So, you know, I wonder if Asia had said no, whether other people might have stepped up and there would have been more help kind of on a communal way instead of just Asia come and save me. But we'll see. And then Dusty shut off her wig, Miami realness thing, which was actually really cool and then it lit up and. in all-stars too i guess not but yeah it was not something that we're going to be able to see in the front row so and then um as i made a note here that cracker was basically a neurotic new yorker because cracker was second guessing herself on everything that she did and like i said i I can relate to that so much but cracker was also being a little bit shady with uh aquaria asking about uh how aquaria like financed all of her stuff but i but it was actually kind of funny because it's like it was the best kind of shade because she was being shady, but then Aquaria like reacted well to it, and they were actually kind of funny getting along with each other. Yeah, and I actually liked the fact that Cracker then turned around and was like, I'd like Aquaria, I could use a sugar daddy, so, you know. You apply here, yes. <laughs> yeah, which was, I just, I love Cracker. I just finding her so delightful and funny, and, you know, she, she's made a fan for life here just because I think she's, she's good, but. Um, also, Aquaria made some line about... I would, you know, Donna Je- Summer would be jealous of me. And I'm still like, I don't understand what the hell that was supposed to mean. And like dead, you know, disco singers are supposed to be jealous of you because why? And then we got into a very weird thing and I will have to uh, get a link for the, the website. They started talking about accents and um, Eureka's accent and whether she had a Southern twang. And then Monet came out and talked about the fact that British accents are what the American ac- are different from American accents and why. And everybody was saying it was like uh, fables and fairy tales. No, Monet was correct. She just explained it badly. Yeah. 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 It, it, she simplified it quite a lot, but the, it was the truth. Yeah. And, you know, people were like clocking her after the show. And I came up with a bunch of links um, to explain that, no, Monet is correct. That what happened was the British and the American accent were similar when they were over here. When they went back, there was sort of a shift because of, classicism and they started dropping using their r's instead of dropping them or the other way around see i'm bad at this too but what the british use now is the uh received pronunciation is not the way they used to speak no and that was mostly just because they didn't want to sound like the people the nouveau reach the the people 
who were involved in industry and trying to move in on society. They didn't want to sound like them. And so they just sort of like, basically, they, the, the British accent is basic, received pronunciation. It's basically more like, you know, valley girls try to sound different and, and because, they, you know, they want to be set up, set apart themselves apart from like the, the you know, the ma- unwashed masses. Yeah, well, I mean, this is how all accents develop, uniform themselves. You know, a small group of people develop, you know, a style of speaking and then it just kind of, yeah, but Monet was correct, and everybody is giving her shit about it. No, Monet was correct, even if she simplified it. And she wasn't sure exactly of why, but she was right about the way accents traveled across the Atlantic. So, so there. Um, and then, yeah, and before that, um, Blair and Asia were also talking about Asia's family, and Blair was kind of bonding with her. And that's when Asia talked about losing her mom and her dad and how she sees her drag family as family because she has nobody else. And, you know, it... As much as we don't like the drama, I do like the sort of human interest bits that we get every once in a while. Well, I mean, that's not drama. That's right, exactly. Stuff that I don't mind hearing. I don't want to hear them at each other all the time. Yes. No, it, that, that gets too much. And again, I think that's, especially now, that seems to be a VH1 thing, judging by the promos for all their other reality shows that I will not watch. So so then we got to the runway, and Rue came out uh, looking... Or did she? Or did she, exactly. That was my next thing. There are a lot of theories as to whether that was RuPaul under that full latex skin. God, there was, there was... I don't know. That was... Uh, <laughs> I can't even, you know? Considering Rue was sick, I mean, I would not put it past them to, like, let Rue have a day to recover. And we'll, we'll like, loop you in later. Yeah, but but he was he, but he he seemed fine though in the workroom from the previous day though, so whatever. I my three was you know that they're just doing that just to mess with people and it kind of worked. Oh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, it, it's anything is possible. I mean, the stature looked right and the body language looked right. Could have been a RuPaul imitator under there, but who knows? And I mean, considering all of the padding and everything, yeah, it would probably be pretty easy to actually imitate RuPaul. If you weren't seeing the face. And if you weren't Trixie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to get the dig in there. Um, especially because every time I watch it, I keep seeing ads for her latest tour. So, yeah. But, yeah, there are a lot of theories on the internet as to whether that was RuPaul or not. And we don't know, but we'll never know because even, like, the visor and stuff, which, you know, to throw in something a little later when Aquaria talked about seeing the twinkle in Ru's eye, like, how the hell did you see that under a full visor where you couldn't see? Rue's eyes whatsoever. You know, out of respect for Ben, VH1 will never tell if it was Rue or not. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, so we got Rue and we had our two guest judges who were Logan Browning and Tisha Campbell Martin. Then had the runway. Um, and we're going to go through this queen by queen rather than going through each look through each queen and then cycling back again because it seemed the most efficient way to discuss everything, especially since it's supposed to be a cohesive, which word comes up an awful lot, uh, package for each queen. And we've got Alaskan winter realness, Miami summer realness, and then Martian eleganza extravaganza. Our first queen out was Mayhem. Uh, and Mayhem's uh, winter realness look was a boring-ass pink and bathing suit. It was okay. Yeah, I mean, she called herself a chocolate pinup. I didn't get any pinup out of it whatsoever. I kind of saw it as like, you know, chocolate Barbie or maybe, you know, like 80s workout gear kind of feel. But I there was no pinup whatsoever. Especially because the hair was... Well, I think like, maybe she meant that yeah. the that her over thing was maybe supposed to be pin up but it really wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, no, that missed the pinup mark. Uh, and then yeah. her, her uh, Miami summer look was kind of a snow queen. 
Um, I like the dress. I like the necklace, and I like the hair. But she had very white lips, and I found that off-putting because the light eyes. I just felt like you know, it, unfortunately, it looked a little stereotypical in a bad way. Um, like it, it just did not work for me. But the the face, her makeup actually reminded me of Kennedy Davenport a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. But I liked, I liked her summer look, though. I really did. Yeah, that was... It, mostly because it reminded me of, of um, a costume from uh, the Ribos operation, a Doctor Who episode that the first Romana wore. And so I'm like, okay, right. Doctor Who real this, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I like the dress. Like I said, I just didn't like the makeup on that. But the, the, the last one, I put down, it was like very Buck Rogers 1970s disco sci-fi. And it was really cool and really alien. And I, I loved it. I thought that was like one of the nicest overall no, Russian looks by anybody. Mm-hmm. Plus, she worked in, like, Mars Red, which a lot of people, like, miss by a mile also. Um, you know, because if you think of Mars, it's like red soil, blah, blah, blah. So I like the red and gold a lot. Um, so that was fantastic. Then we had Eureka. Uh, and Eureka, actually, her winter look was, she was a 1950s pinup. I thought it was really cute. Um, her body shape was great. Uh, body shape was great. Um, I liked her hair and makeup. So I thought that was, like, a really fabulous look for you. It- uh, it read to me more like lingerie, though, than a swimsuit. I mean, that that might just be me. It, there was just something about, like, the, the cover that she had on herself. No, I agree. The the, the robe thingy was very lingerie yeah. yeah, the robe was a little lingerie but I thought the overall look was more pinup. Um, yeah. Her Miami summer look, um, I liked it, but it was another bodysuit and boots. But, like, the yeah. wake up, it was really nice. She had the hood, the hair, the makeup was fabulous. But then it kind of went to bodysuit and boots on the bottom. Yeah. So um, if she'd had a skirt or like something else going on from the waist down, I think it would have been a winner. But Yeah. And then her, her final Martian look, um, I wrote it down as Ursula uh, meets Barusa, another Doctor Who uh, thing here, because um, she had that cool hat and the cool shoulder pad collary thing. Um and the colors, I, I really liked it. I don't know if it, like, screamed Mars to me, but it was definitely, like, science fiction-y, futuristic-y. Yeah, I thought it was very clean and very beautiful. So she looked like I, she should I be in Sylvester McCoy Doctor yeah. Who episode, so, like, you know, kind of 80s sci-fi realness, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's what I said. Like, I, Or, like, you know, a, a, another Time Lord villain, mm-hmm. not necessarily Missy, but, yeah. I think that's what they were really going for with the Martian look. They really kind of wanted the campy Buck Rogers... 60s 70s you know you know space look so yeah and some people clocked it so i i I thought that was like and i think just from where eureka was let's say two episodes ago i think she's finally on an up she's she's definitely on an upward spiral um and she's doing some really good stuff i think she found herself again which is good Mm -hmm. Um, because i like her unlike the vixen i like eureka (laughs) uh next we had uh monet and uh for her Alaskan winter realness look, all I said was, what the fuck are you doing? Because <laughs> it was the neon swimsuit, a party city wig, and it was just a big, fat no. I liked the color. I thought the color actually looked really good with her skin tone. Yeah. But the bathing suit looked ill-fitting. I liked the pattern of how the fabric was laid out and how the different colors were. But you're right, it didn't fit very well. Yeah, and then that yeah. wig was just like... I mean, I know that she was told to wear something that wasn't a... A pussycat wig, but that one, it just was, like, very, very messy. Looked like she hadn't brushed it. She didn't style it. It was just, like, something she pulled out of a bag, shook it It was out. a shake and go. And, yeah, the color was fab, and I liked the fact that she actually was thinking, like, radiation, you know, neon green. But 
the concept did not it was was good the execution was horrible yeah um and then her uh, miami summer look um i really liked monet's miami summer look that was uh the frost trick that she used where she was like expelling frost when she first walked out. i thought that really worked well and i liked the look i liked the dress the makeup was fabulous i liked the ice crown she didn't have hair but that worked for this look so i thought mm-hmm. and it was also the convertible dress where she came out and it looked like it was a bodysuit and then she kind of played with it and all of a sudden she had a flowy dress and this was probably one of it her didn't best fit looks, very well though yeah. on the top it was kind of loose and and and, and wrinkly where it should have oh. been yeah i think my favorite part was the crown i thought the crown looked really nice but yeah um yeah it was one of her better looks, but I think Monet is showing that her costuming is not maybe the top. Yeah. yeah so. she, and, and speaking of that, then there was her Martian Eleganza, which of course she oh. had been fighting with the fabric and didn't know what she was doing. And it was just shoddy. Uh, it was poor use of the fabric. Her hair and makeup and accessories were... She had again, it was good concepts. And and it was, the outfit was wearing her, not the other way around. And, yeah. I didn't... I don't even think it was a good concept because, well, I mean, here is a lesson for drag queens, costumers, anybody. If you don't know how to use a fabric, don't fucking use it. Yeah, I mean, and immediately when she, I forgot when she pulled it out and then suddenly was saying, oh my God, there's no stretch to it. Well, because it's like patent leather quilted stuff. Of course, it's not going to stretch. It's not spandex. You know, <laughs> it's very stiff and structured. So, yeah. It was a bad material to use for that dress, just like yeah. yeah. And even when you looked at it, the bodice, like the the two parts of it on the top didn't match. Um, it looked like the tubing or whatever she had used for like uh, edging was kind of like sloppily glued on. It was just it was a hot mess and not in a good. The whole thing was a hot mess of hot glue because I don't yeah. think she ended up sewing any of that. Yeah, and and if you don't, another thing, if you don't know how to make a corset. Or a fitted bodice, don't attempt it. Especially not for a runway look. Yeah. Because that's a bitch and a half to do, especially in, like, X amount of time. So, yeah. I mean, we found out from Miss Vanjie that uh, you're able to bring patterns with you to the show. Find a corset or bodice pattern that you know how to use and bring it with you because you probably will need to use it. Yeah, and if you've got the time, practice before you come on the show. Yes. So at least you have some idea of how it goes together so you're not like coming out from the gate not knowing where you're going. So yeah, um, unfortunately, Monet, again, great performer, great personality, not so much with the costume creation. Um, mm-hmm. We had Cameron's three looks. And the first one, I mean, it was a little too spot on, but it was that rich bitch, um, you know, bikini and outer robe and, and summer hat. But she looked great. I loved it. Yeah. I thought she looked great. I was going to say, I think it was Ross or, I uh, know, Carson said, I know that woman. And and yeah, you do. Yeah. I'll have seen her or known some iteration of that. Um, yeah. And then the second one um, was the... the Another bodysuit. And I really liked it. Um, but I really would have liked it more without that frost beard around her. Yeah. No, I, I loved the outfit. I hated the makeup. Yeah. It, it was a bodysuit, but it worked really well in terms of the whole execution. But the makeup and that beardy thing was just awful. Um, it just didn't that's not something like that didn't call for it it just kind of made it look icky i absolutely loved her martian look i thought that was like just the presentation of it with the walkie talkie the the sort of whatever prancing around uh the headpiece was really cool the, i like the makeup i like the hair uh i like the overdress i just that was 
like one of my favorite. Looks I like the presentation. Things. I didn't think much of the look because yeah. to me it was another bodysuit with something okay. with like a skirt with it, and it's like no. The look kind of reminded me of Dusty from Dragon of Dime. Oh, true, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like yeah that. the the actual like yeah outfit part obviously didn't have like the cone hat or whatever, but yeah, kind okay. of similar. I mean, it, a little more polished than Dusty's look was, but yeah, I mean, it was more the presentation that sold it than the actual look. So. Yeah. Okay. Then we had the vixen and her first <sighs> like sheer plastic. Uh, bathing suit with the fan and it looked uncomfortable um, I didn't think it fit her that well um, I liked her hair and her makeup and I thought you know the thing with the fan was cute but I did not find it particularly attractive or no I like the fan that's it about it yeah I, well, I, said, I, I thought the hair and makeup looked good but just I don't know and again I didn't really see anything about you know Alaska summertime whatever um, it was awful yeah, and then the second, I don't remember what it looked like, but I wrote down it looked like cheap cosplay. <laughs> it was, what the hell she was called she it like an into the woods kind of look, and so. Oh, right, right. It was the yeah. blue thing with the antlers. I, and... I, I like yeah. that she it was used awful. Like colors in this one because they weren't really, because for the winter, yeah. a lot of people just stuck with the white. And so to, up to this point, so the fact that yeah. she was using deeper blues and deeper other deeper colors in addition to the white, I liked, but yeah, it was kind of like party city event i i didn't like the deeper blues i think that you could have done it in a different color and maybe sold winter more it read fairy tale to me so. yeah and 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 watery because of all the blue stuff yeah and then her martian look i thought that was awful um and it was really cheap looking again including the sort of legging things that she had on where you could see she hadn't finished them because i guess she it looked like she used some kind of stretch fabric and just cut them and probably you know, like made a tube but I, I really did not like it, and I said, "How is this Mars?" Because I don't, I didn't get any sci-fi. And that top was really kind of arts and crafts, you know, like someone, you know, like a, you know, a first grade or a second grader took you know, like pom poms and shiny stuff and just like stuck it to this top. It wasn't really thought out of as, as a design, and the materials chosen didn't work really well. She's messy. She's messy. I don't understand why she's you know consistently safe or in the top. Yeah, I, because I went, I d her looks are not doing it for me at all. Yeah, I find them really sloppy. And I mean, we clocked her from the first week when her skirt and bits of her costume were falling off on the runway. Um, and yeah, it's just this constant sort of cheap, fast, you know, poorly constructed feel to everything. And I'm just not getting it. I, I feel like they're just keeping her around to keep the drama going. Um, and I'm not happy with it. So. Sorry, the Vixen, you can hate us too. Um, and then we had Aquaria. Um, the first look was the Luca uh, bathing suit with the braid and the mask. And she said she'd done that as a swimmer challenge when she was in design school. And it looked really nice and she wore it really well, but I didn't get like Alaska, you know, summer, whatever. It just, I mean, like, it's Luca. So what a mess. You know, I, I got superhero out of it, you know, like it was bad superhero cosplay. Yeah. 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 Well, that's yeah. kind of what Luca is, because it's, you know, that whole Mexican wrestling with the masks, and they're all sort of superhero. So that didn't do much for me. The Northern. I really liked her second look. I thought the Northern Lights fur thing was actually very nice, and I liked the use of color, the fact that she hand dyed it. That was like one of the few Aquaria looks that I said, okay, wow, that works really well. But she has a certain aesthetic, and it always. It's <sighs> variations on a the theme in terms of what she wears, so. 
I didn't hate it, but I didn't love I didn't it. I didn't mind the, the colors. colors I thought that ugly. that the individual pelts kind of thing were like looked more like you like your know, dusters than than like actual any than actual okay. fabric or actual mm-hmm. whatever. It was it was just kind of messy. I thought. Yeah, I, like I said, this is my favorite look. Of it was the good. Yeah. To say that. Well, yeah, no, yeah. it it yeah. was the best look of the three. And I thought that one particularly took the the actual challenge and and interpreted it correctly, especially with yeah. the the online thing. Uh, and then there was her Martian look, and I, I literally wrote down <laughs> fuck this shit. Um, they had to blur out her naughty bits in the front and the back, so obviously she was not tough. She wasn't wearing anything to support it, so she was hanging out, even though we couldn't see it on screen, behind her little lightning thing. It was superheroes, and how the fuck was this Mars? And it was black. So how the fuck was this Mars? <laughs> no, no, it's... um, I don't understand why the judges are so far up Aquarius' ass. Because, like, with everything she's worn, why hasn't Michelle called her out on Stop Relying on That Body? Right. Because she's always just showing off all this stuff and, like, it was not this base. This was basically um, Valentina's uh, Madonna, you know, right. the sex book look where it's, like, you're gluing yeah. stuff to you. But just done, you know, like, with a little David Bowie flair to it. And yeah. it didn't fucking work. Yeah. yeah no, it was... No, I, no, I, I'm, uh, I'm speaking anguish because I, I don't understand why they love her so much. Yeah, I, I was like, what the hell is she doing and why? And actually, speaking of David Bowie, I was actually disappointed that no, nobody actually tried to pull like a David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust, Spiders from Mars look in the middle of this because that would have been awesome. But nobody was thinking along the scale. And yeah, I mean, this was superhero and it wasn't even like something clever like Martian Manhunter, you know, like some variation on a Martian superhero or whatever. It was just crappy. I don't know. I, I hated this. And like I said, it was, look at my body and here are, here are zigzags to hide in the naughty bits, but not really because it didn't work. Yeah, and, and basically the top, she glued a black zigzag to her bra. And you can see the, the straps and stuff, the band on the sides. It was really, to me, it was poorly constructed too. So. And yet the I, judges were gagging just, and I'm like, Okay, I just don't see it, but it reminded me, you know, of um, yeah. Violet Chotsky. I mean, they gagged for her week after week, and she did the same kind of thing. Yeah, although Violet actually did, I mean, at least like the convertible dress, there were a couple of things that Violet did from a design point where at least I could understand why they were kind of gagging right. over her designs. This was one of them. This was like everything like I said, the only one I liked out of the three was the North, uh, the, the Miami one. And even that one had some pro- problems with it, but it worked the best. But And in all three, it was relying on her body. As I said, she's got sort of a certain look, and it's variations on the theme with her so far. Um, and then next we had Dusty. Um, oh, bless and, you. Yeah. Um, I thought the first one, I mean, I didn't think it was as bad as they were saying, because I got very, like, turn back time share, or like that, the share from the 80s with the hat. And yeah, the, I was getting Latoya, yeah. I didn't think... And there was a little bit of like Jean-Paul Gaultier in there too with the striped shirt and, this, and the, the nautical shorts. So I didn't think it was as bad as the, the judge. I mean, I didn't love it. It wasn't like the greatest thing ever, but I thought it looked good. I, I didn't think it was as bad as they, they later said. Um, I don't think it was great. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah. It was one of her better looks. Yeah. I don't know. She, Dusty just had a bad week. Yeah. Um, and then with the Miami realness, um, I thought it was a cool wig. It was a general good concept, but it was like too Elizabethan for me because it had that big 
like Elizabethan rough collar. collar, yeah, yeah, and the material just for all the puffs and stuff. It I don't know. It was and like, there was a big ass zipper in the back. Oh, yeah, I missed that. Uh, I believe you, and we we all have zipper phobia <laughs> here. <laughs> it's like don't show your zippers. It's not. You know, unless it's part of the aesthetic and you're doing something kind of funky 80s with lots of zippers. Zippers have that place, not not obvious, you know, on, in a fancy dress is one of them. Yeah. And then her Martian look was a big miss. Um, it, it came off. I mean, they kept saying it was very fairy like. I kind of felt more steampunk yeah. fairy. I mean, it was kind of funky. I like what she was doing with it, but it didn't. It didn't, just wasn't Martian. Yeah. But she yeah. just not. Just I mean. Even a steampunk fairy is not what the challenge was. Right, exactly. Because that's still in more of a fantasy, like, area, so. Yeah, especially with the Stardust. And I, I, you know, it's one of those things, and this keeps going, when you have to explain the costume to the judges. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, and and unfortunately she had to do that, and they didn't get it. Um, Then we got Monique, um, and I thought of her first look, the Elastin look, was a watermelon bathing suit. I thought it looked, like, poorly constructed and ill-fitting. They were all kind of gushing about it, but it just looked like she had tied a lot of fabric around her body, and it didn't really fit her well. Um, I thought it was okay. I think she needed a red or a green shoe to yes. ma- to pull the look together. But I like the, yeah. I like the fabric, and I did like, I did like the front of it because you know there was some effort to deal get some you know, ruffles going on, and so you know it worked okay enough for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the fabric, and I like the thought behind it, but it just it, I didn't think it fit her as well as it could have. Um, and then. The second look was a pantsuit with a fur shrug. And I I thought it was nice, but it was maybe a little too monochrome because it was very pink um, without any like nuancing or anything that really popped on it. So And the heels didn't really go with it. Yeah, I it, it looked nice for just a fashion piece, but it didn't quite scream Miami. Because also like if you if you're going for like, let's say Miami pink, Miami pink is like a deeper color. It's 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 not that sort of pale. And, and there was no like I said, there was no like. Like her hair, I would have gone for a darker pink hair, uh, like something for a little accent, just to kind of pull it. I th- I thought it was kind of shapeless, and I mean that might be because it was monochrome, right? But yeah, it just didn't work for me. And then um, the last thing was that green sequined um, convertible dress, which as we found out later and untucked was held together with safety pins. I mean, it was like really shot at a gun. It it fit her okay, and it worked in terms of the conversion thing, like Monet's did earlier, but. Um, and I like the color on her. I thought it looked really good, but it, it looked really cheap and thrown together quickly. Also, it didn't read as Martian to me. Yeah, I don't know what she was thinking in terms of, like, maybe lizard aliens. Who knows? Um, <laughs> just, so yeah, Monique was kind of a wash. Uh, then we had Blair. And, okay, holy fuck, I loved her first look because, I mean, she said classic vintage 1940s Barbie and just the Barbie collector in me had to scream but Barbie didn't come out till 1959 and but, but didn't Barbie have a swimsuit like that? Barbie's was actually it was a strapless black and white but it was very similar and and the fact that she made it a 1940s version of Barbie's swimsuit was fabulous for me. And oh yeah. I, I loved I loved her hair I loved her makeup, I, I just thought it was like a really nice bathing suit. It fit yeah. her well and Yay, Blair. It was so. a nice, it was a nice look. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Um, the second one, I it was uh, just, I put down fur coat Barbie. I mean, I liked it. I would have liked to have seen something under the coat. But she didn't, she just wore it. But this is, the, this is the second time she's done that because her yeah. entrance look was, yeah. was a coat. And then, yes, there was something under it, but you didn't get to see it until it had to do their little, their right. mini challenge. But this, you know, 
I guess she's big on coats. I, I'm I'm bored of the trench coats. I don't want to see you walking around like holding those exactly. trench coat closed. I mean, she looked like Anne Margaret. I mean, her, again, the hair and, and makeup and stuff was fabulous, but I wanted to see what was under the coat. I wanted to open up. I wanted there to be something to show off afterwards. Not just this is not the you know uh, fur coat challenge. So yeah, and then um, her Martian challenge. I loved it. I just like Yowza is very 1960s space Barbie uh, with the pink and silver stuff. So I, I was happy. But, yeah, it was, it was exactly what she set out to do, which I had told exactly, her earlier, yeah. what she's going to do. So yeah, the mission achieved. Yeah, yeah, and she looked great. You know, it fit her right. It looked good on her. Um, Blair, I think, really has a good handle on what works for her body, how to fit things. And I, I'm very impressed with her on that end of it. So mm-hmm. uh, Then we had Asia. Uh, and her first was the brown bathing suit. With the polka dots and um, yeah, with the pom poms, not polka dots. Yeah, they're pom poms. Yeah. Pom poms, right? Mistake. Yeah, it was a brown bathing suit uh, with dark with pom poms on it, and I thought the brown suit on her skin got lost, which was kind of it, it was a body ballet leotard. It was not good for her skin tone. It was awful. Yeah, and I mean, she made some funny line about you know something about tuna or whatever fish live in alaska which was funny but it didn't it didn't work and it was it looked as unfinished as we found out later that it was um her second look was a neon mess um a very 1980s i like the coat and i'm blanking on what the rest of it looked like right now it was it was neon it was black there was fur i didn't like it yeah yeah it was kind of a waste yeah I, it's all kind of blurring together right now i mean if i can't remember what it looked like i guess it wasn't that great and then the final Martian look was very unfinished. It was a cool concept with the, the white balls and stuff on the head and whatever, but the whole thing was unfinished. The hood on her face looked unfinished, and it just kind of didn't... It was just bad. Yeah, it yeah, didn't it fit at all really well. And, and we know she can do this, so it's even more disappointing because she didn't step up to where she should have done. Yeah. And finally, we had Cracker, and um, first of all, I, I loved I mean, yeah, I'm biased at this point, but I loved her sort of hula doll, you know, hair bikini. I mean, normally I would be like, ew, something made of hair, but it worked really well for me. And she had such a great expression when she came out, too, yeah. which really well, worked for me. I mean, you have these girls who come up with these costumes with the story, and they have to explain it later. But Cracker came out with something that had a story to it and sold it just by the look and her performance. And that's exactly what you need to do. She right, looked it, like she belonged on somebody's dashboard. Yeah, it's like you look at that and you know immediately, oh my god, dashboard hula doll. It's like, you know, there's no question as to what she was doing. And then she she just did her little dance and it worked really well. So that was adorable. I loved it. Um, and then the second look was the sort of Snow Patrol pink Barbie, which again, I love. And there was a story there too, um, including the bandolier and, and the, the ice picks and everything. And she she rocked it. Yeah, Penelope hit stop. Yeah, she yeah. explained in review with a Jew. She was kind of going for like a Star Wars in pink look, and so I was going to say there was like pink hoth, right? Um, yeah, yeah, that totally reminded me of that. So she she nailed it there, even more so now that we know what she went. And then finally, her her final space girl look. I was like, love it. It was like Barbarella realness to me. I just yeah. the head, the eyebrows. I mean, it was very again like 1960s campy. I, I'm suddenly remembering um, there's like a Lost in Space episode that scared me when I was little, where there was like this green Martian lady floating outside, like singing a siren song. And, oh right, yeah, yeah. The one that got Doctor Smith all hot and bothered. Um, and it reminded me of that. I just thought it was adorable. I thought that was just like the greatest. And she was worried that it wasn't like busy enough for you know. But 
but her her symbol is not just like blah. She just like gets it right. She knows like when to stop embellishing things and kind of yeah. like, the outfit tell the story. So well, it was clean. It was campy. It was exactly what the challenge called for because they were going for that like Flash Gordon like uh, serial you know B movie kind of space look. And she she did it, and it was wonderful. Um, and we'll get to we can talk more about the judging in a second. But fuck Michelle for uh, talking about Cracker wearing a bodysuit. Like I know she's like ended up giving her a pass, but I was like, there were so many people who were wearing fucking bodysuits, um, and Cracker actually like made a cohesive look. Use it like it needed to have a bodysuit. That- right, exactly. And it was not just a bodysuit. It was a bodysuit with a fucking jetpack on the back, you know, with exhaust vents and, and this amazing, you know, clear space helmet and the funky eyebrows and everything else. So, like, it was a bodysuit. She didn't turn a leotard. Yeah, and, and mentioning Cracker wearing a bodysuit while not calling out Aquaria legit having shit glued to her body. Yeah. Um, so we'll get more into that, but we have a lot to rant on on that, and rightly so. So um, then we got to the judging, and Mayhem, Eureka, Vixen, I don't know why, uh, Monique and Blair were all deemed safe for the week. And, uh, okay, so our tops and our bottoms were Monet, Cameron, Aquaria, and uh, Dusty Ray, Asia, and Cracker. Um, and as soon as they, like, deemed Aquaria, they were sort of going through stuff, um, I wrote down, like, why is everybody sucking up to Aquaria? It was not, and, uh, you know, Tisha Martin, Cam- Campbell Martin, Campbell Martin, um, was going on about how cohesive all her looks were. And I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? Where was it cohesive? Other than being boring in each one. Boring and showing, you know, very much a lot of flesh. Yeah. She um, always has the same look. It's always like, how much skin can I get away with showing? And in this, she showed off so much skin that she had to be blurred. Right. On both sides. It wasn't just like a blurred butt. It was from the front, too, because like I said, her tuck. There was no tuck, apparently. I mean, I don't I don't think we'll ever see uncensored photographs, but you could tell from the way they were blurring it. There was something that was blurring underneath that, that front um, lightning bolt. Yeah, and then... Dusty Ray, again, if you have to explain it, it's not working because she was explaining way too much. Um, Asia then went into the whole, like, I was helping everybody else, so I didn't get my stuff done, and here I am crying about it. And I think that, uh, not to be completely dismissive, but I think that sob story saved her this week because, and and the fact that, and as we'll talk about uh, the following episode I mean like everybody vouched for her everybody stood up and said yes she helped us so they did not throw her under the bus they were very very they were very vocal in the fact that she was actually helping them out and that was why she didn't get her stuff done um, which she apparently will not appreciate and then finally when they got to Cracker Rue finally made a David Bowie joke <laughs> she said life on Mars and ground control to Major Cracker and I was happy because like I said nobody touched the Bowie thing and you know, and considering what a big Bowie fan Rue is, somebody had gone there, they probably would have scored points if they pulled it off, right? Um, and I, I don't know. They were Everybody was saying that Cracker was perfection, but then somehow she wasn't... Good enough to win. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then they gave it to Aquaria, and everybody was going on with how she is, you know, fashion forward in the face of the future, and I don't know what the hell. Whatever, that. let's... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. And Michelle, like, actually said that 
you know, Cracker is like wonderful and weird and whatever. And I, I'm like totally team weirdo. Like if you think somebody's that innovative and that different, then why the hell aren't they winning? I feel like poor Cracker is kind of the <laughs> school of, well, you're good, but you're just not good enough for no apparent reason. Oh, she better win Snatch Game. Oh, yeah. And, and it feels so badly because... Like, especially Cracker not having much faith in herself. I feel like, you know, coming in second place is kind of not good for her psyche because, you know, at some point you tend to then throw the towel in. I don't know. Um, and, of course, Aquafina was then going on about how she was literally over the moon because she won. And personally, I wish she literally was over the moon. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, yeah, I, I am over her and I don't understand why they all think she's so fabulous. So then we went to our lip sync um, of Monet and Dusty Ray, and I don't think there was any question. Dusty didn't have a chance. Yeah. Monet is like, if nothing else, she is a lip sync assassin, and she's funny as fuck. She's just so good. And I like, I mean, you know, in her, everything that she was doing there, just all the little, including using her uh, ventilator mask to, like, grab some oxygen while she was dancing, and just, like, everything worked so, um, I think it was I think it was Ms. Cracker said that basically Dusty lip syncing against Monet was basically like Dusty lip syncing Nicki Minaj against Nicki Minaj. Yeah, it, it just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, I personally like Dusty Ray. You know, I follow Dusty on social media, and again, she's somebody who's really good with the fans. Loves her fans, loves the fan art. Very, very good person, but she was just out of her league here, so. Um, but I, I still think she sh probably should have stayed and she probably shouldn't have been in the lip sync at all, but like Vixen was sloppier and less put together, but um, that's why I'm not a judge, I guess. And then we got to Untucked, which um, <sighs> I, I, my eyes glazed over so badly, I honestly don't have notes on. <laughs> yeah, no, my, my notes consist of one RuPaul's Fight Club again and shut up, shut up, shut up, up. I am sick of Monique thinking that she should have been the top. Um, I'm sick of Vixen needing to be in every single argument. Honestly, like, Aquaria at least had, like, one good moment telling Dusty. It's like, you know, we love you, and I know you love Monet, but get out there and do it. And that was actually a nice moment for her, because that's exactly the mentality you have to have in that moment when you're lip syncing against a friend of yours. Right, and and they are both New York queens, so it's, they know each other better than some other people. And um, also, my only other note was, you know, I love Eureka, but she's starting shit too. And I just, yeah, I'm over all of this. Yeah, just whatever. Yeah, so we don't need to get into Untalked this week because it was just a big freaking headache. So, um, so Dusty sashayed away and Monet got to stay for another day. So, um, and there will be, I think there'll be more, you know, frustrations over Cracker not winning and other people getting kudos that they don't necessarily deserve in the future. But, and now we get to go to our charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent portion. So first charisma, who do we think was sort of the charismatic fish of the week? Cracker. 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 Yeah. I just think she, she's just radiates such awesomeness. And yeah. Not getting her thing. Uniqueness. Um, I would say Blair, because I'm I'm bored of your trench coats, but like the other two looks, I thought were very unique. For yeah, yeah, I think so because she's yeah different. 
and she and also she like works her her she has her own aesthetic but she actually finds very she doesn't do the variations same. of the yeah. aesthetic yeah but she she goes to different elements without making it all just the same thing over and over with colors or whatever uh nerve i don't know i'm just don't know aquaria because she fucking glued stuff to her and she fucking got away with it that takes a fucking nerve yeah i agree <laughs> okay agreed and also just the attitude constantly i'm the look queen i am the most awesome i am you know oh and rupaul had a twinkle in his eye when he saw me on the the runway even though he was wearing a visor and you couldn't fucking see his eyes lady it um, was his eyes even there in, in the same space <laughs> his eyes might have been at home in his house in malibu who knows um and then talent i i'm gonna give it to cracker because i just think uh, cracker's so fucking talented yeah though i also part of me wants to give it to asia just because asia like helped everybody oh i want to give it to asia i want to give it to asia just because yeah everybody up there who looked good looked good because of asia right and and even asia's half ass stuff that wasn't finished had at least a really good talented potential it just didn't yeah so, I mean, I would really love, especially the Martian look, I'd love to see that finished and done the way she envisioned it someday, just to show it off and yeah. the, what it actually was supposed to be, because I think there was a lot of stuff there. So, okay, I agree with that. So, um, now, finally, I guess that wraps it up for this week. Uh, and next week, we are going to go with the Bossy Rossi show, which looks like it has some great potential, because we love our trashy talk shows. Um, so, until then, this is Jan. And Red. And MC. Bye. 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 Bye.